0: Hey, you all, welcome to Active and Connected Families. Today, I'm gonna be talking around screen time basics. And I'm doing that as part of a series that we're doing on therapy greatest hits. And really what that is are kind of the stories or the spiels that us therapists give to almost all the families that walk through our practice. And the reason this makes sense is because, you know, families are families and so many people struggle with the same things like, How do we show our kids that we're really listening? How do we build a screen time plan in a way that's going to be useful? How do we use chores in our family? And so there are certain topics that I truly do psychoeducation on with almost everyone who walks through my door. And so what I'm doing is just giving that back to you all. So today I'm going to go through a plan around... Just what are some basic ideas to help you develop a screen time plan that's going to help your whole family work a little more smoothly? I am really thankful that last week I did one on how to get the most bang for your buck when you're spending quality time with your kids. I am in a situation right now where I have to be really, really on with my kids and I want to be really, really on with my kids Um, We have some family stuff going on. And so Robert has been out of town. And, you know, when any kid goes through a transition or they're missing the one-on-one kind of constant attention of one parent, it's really important that the other parent really plugs in to just get through that transition. And so I am leaning totally into the tenets that I put out in Greatest Hits Number 1 around positive time with your kids. I also wanted to give you all a huge thank you for the support that you have given us around changing our name from Virginia Family Therapy to Active and Connected Family Therapy. We have been stunned by the kindness and even like the little hearts or the fires or the clapping hands that I'm getting on Instagram means a lot. Our crew and our team put so much time and energy into this. This has been like a year in the making and I'm just really thankful that you all are supporting us and see us. And I'm really thankful for how our team came together to make this huge thing happen. So thank you. I hope that you all like this podcast. I hope it's helpful and I hope it helps you get through some tough conversations with your teenager that you're definitely going to have to have around screen time. Have a great week, y'all. In Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovik-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places, and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. you all. One of the things I work the most with families on is screen time expectations. And I think most of us adults know why. We feel the increases in household fighting, the decreased attention span, difficulty getting other things done, more sedentary lifestyles, less socializing in real life. And these outcomes aren't just for kids. They exist for the adults as well. But our frontal lobes are better developed and we're more able to walk away from our phones when necessary. So it's really important that we as adults place some limits on our kids, especially if they're demonstrating that they are having a hard time in any one of those aforementioned areas. And if you are listening to the radio right now, you're probably hearing an ad for a class action lawsuit against Instagram and Facebook due to the increases in mental health concerns for teenage girls. And some of those concerns are very significant and they're related to those apps specifically and I want to echo as a mental health provider who talks to a lot of mental health providers I have absolutely seen an increase in disordered eating over the past 3 years and specifically during the pandemic as well as just difficulty with body image and and how people feel about their bodies and the expectations they have for the way they look so I believe that there are mental health concerns related specifically to those apps. Yet, there are also some great things about screen time. There's shared experiences we can have with our families, just a feeling of safety that we can get in touch with our kids when we need it, some peace. From our child, our children, especially if you have younger ones, our kids are able to develop their social relationships, increased independence, and they're even able to learn by being on a screen. So I don't want to make it out like screens are all bad. It just has to be in moderation, it has to be planful, and it has to be balanced. And even though we as the adults all know to be careful with our kids around screen time and specifically around the personal devices like phones or iPads. It gets complicated so, so fast. You may set a limit one day and then a week later, you realize you've totally slipped on that limit and no one is reinforcing it. It is such an easy slide into the territory where we see the negative effects in our kids without even realizing how it happened. And I'm saying this all, honestly, from my own personal experience, I wrote something called the first, first Phone Guidebook four years ago. And even my children now are sliding into places that I don't feel good about. I am sliding into habits that I don't feel good about. It is so easy for that slide and for subtle little things to kind of take over that it really, really is important for us to be thoughtful and reflect on our screen use time. And I'll say, I did this yesterday, you all. I have a screen time limit on games on my kids' phones and devices, but we were in a long car ride, so I gave them the password to add time. But do you think I've gone in to reset that password? Absolutely not. And I'm willing to bet at least one of my kids is going to try to Get more time today. And if I hadn't done this podcast, I don't think I would have realized that I had forgotten to reset the password. So it's just really important that we as adults reflect and are intentional around how we want our kids and ultimately our whole families to be using screens. Because we all know that there are really rich app developers out there who are making a ton of money by keeping us addicted. So, all that being said, I have some expectations that have helped a lot of families. And and at this point, I just kind of have my top four. I'm going to give you a little more than that, but they, they really do help. Um, So I'm going to lay them out for you today. And the first one, honestly, is just be realistic about your own phone use. Again, I struggle with this. It is hard for us all to put them down. And it's important that you actually acknowledge this to your kid because it's true. And it also doesn't make it about you versus your kid. It's about the two of you versus, you know, Silicon Valley and the app developers or whatever. And if you are unhappy with your own phone use, go online, look up different strategies you can use and try to implement them for yourself. And if that doesn't work, call a therapist. And I say that because your phone use really is important. It's about who you want to be as a parent and a person and anything else you want to accomplish in your life. Um, Every day, I say to myself when I'm done with work, my intention is to be present with my kids and not to be on my phone. And even though I say that, I still struggle with it. So... Think about your own phone use and acknowledge and get some help or support if you are not happy with what you're doing. Number two, set up expectations around phone use before your kid gets their hands anywhere close to an iPad or a phone or whatever it is. The earlier these expectations are set, the less likely your family is going to be to slide into a pattern that doesn't feel good. And believe me, even if you think you're not going to get there or you're going to you know, I'll have the conversation in a month because I don't think we're going to get there. You will slide into a place where you're not happy with how phones and screens are being used in your household. So you might as well put the systems in place on the earlier side. And the advantage to that, you all, is that this way, your kids aren't going to feel like you're taking something away from them. If you put the expectations in place at the get-go, they're not going to feel like, you're taking something away when you put those expectations in place. And also, I really like to link the idea of having a phone or having an iPad or whatever and the increased independence that automatically goes with that to increases in trust with your kid and increases in responsibility. They have to maintain your trust with the device and also up their responsibility as a person and probably in the household if they want to have the independence associated with the phone. And these are the next few are the ones that are just are non-negotiable kind of limits that are the structure that you all can change and implement in a way that works for your family. But these are kind of the rules that I set out that allowed you all to develop a structure that will work for you. So the first one is there are absolutely phone-free protected spaces That is not at the dinner table, not in bed because phone's in bed. By the way, I'm the worst at this and I hate it and I'm working on it. Um, That makes it really difficult for us to sleep. I also do not in car rides less than 30 minutes unless it is for music to share. And that's just because we get the best conversations with our kids in the car. And if they're on their phone, we're not getting that. Some kids who are older take their phones into their bedrooms and will disappear for like four hours. And so a lot of times with kids who do that, I say, okay, you can have it. You can use your phone when you're in the main room. And at least that way, they're getting some in real life interaction with other folks in the family. The second tenant is family screen-free time for 30 minutes to an hour every day. So the whole family is committing to 30 minutes to an hour every day without their phone. And that usually starts at dinner time. And it has to be a family commitment. And that's because if we want our kids to engage in something else like reading or a puzzle or a conversation or a chore a good person for them to have those conversations with or go on a walk with is us. And they can't do it if we are on our phone. So we have to be available to have these in real life conversations with them. It also increases the likelihood that they will help clean after dinner or they will kind of hang out and mill around after dinner where everyone in the family is because Typically, if you don't have kind of that protected time, as soon as dinner, they're going to try and get done with dinner really, really quickly to get back to their phone. And so you put this structure in place to allow for that nice kind of, or actually not nice fight over who's unloading the dishwasher, but at least they're there and hopefully you're not going to have to do it. The next tenant is I like to set some kind of totally allowable phone use windows. So those are times that your kid can get on their phone or get on their device freely. And honestly, if you start it with this, like, yeah, this is your screen time window. This is what you have. They're going to feel like you're giving them something because something is better than nothing. And so I typically do that in my house from like 3.30 to 4:15 Four, four fifteen-ish, because that's right after school. There's automatically kind of like a oh, I'm so tired. I just want to sit and kind of be by myself and in my own zone. And so I just, you know, lean into it and I say, okay, great. This is your phone use window. And your kids can text, look things up, do whatever they want. But it's up to them, and that's their time. And then Another piece of that is that if they want additional time later, it has to be with parent permission and once certain responsibilities are completed. So I actually have a checklist that's up and it includes certain chores, getting homework done, whatever is important to you and your family. Um, Even now, I just added one because my oldest son has to do physical therapy every day. So he cannot get additional screen time until he's taking care of his responsibilities, right? So having a phone is increased responsibility. Therefore, he has to be responsible about taking care of his body and doing his physical therapy and his chores. So those are the four ones that I really kind of Help families get to from the get-go. And those are, again, having the protected spaces, family screen-free time for 30 minutes to an hour, um, set some phone use windows, and then additional time is related to getting, getting certain things done. And those are very, very clear. I have some extra credit for you all. I find these harder to stay consistent with. But honestly, if you're really good about being consistent, these might be helpful. Something that is really useful is having a set charging station. And that is just, you know, where you keep all of your family's devices. And when it is not the screen, your phone window, your screen time window, the phone has to be there, right? So, it's not like your kid can sneak off somewhere else, see their phone, grab it, because that's what happens in my house is like they're not putting it in a charging station. And so then someone will walk by it and automatically pick it up, whether it's my phone, another phone, it's making me crazy. Guys, I think I need a charging station. So it's just one place where your, your phone is supposed to be when you are not actively using it. The next one would just be a a place where if your kids are downloading any apps and you have all all of their apps, all of their permissions, all of their screen time, they have to ask for you to download those apps and they have to show you kind of everything that they are doing on their apps. So these are the major things that I think about and I talk about when I talk with families about screen time. It is really, really sneaky. I think that a lot of times screens are getting in the way for folks and they don't even realize that it's getting in the way. So an example of this would be, you all, teenagers are not getting their driver's license at the same rate that they used to. They're getting it significantly later. And that's because they do not feel as motivated to get out of the house or motivated to go Socialize in real life because they're getting so much socialization from their phone. So ultimately, kids aren't driving as early. They they are actually losing their independence because they're not motivated to do that stuff. They, this this can be a good thing for many folks, but the average age that people are starting to have sex and the frequency that teenagers are having sex is has really been pushed back because folks are using their phones um, and are not you know, meeting up with people in real life. I also think it can be even more subtle than that. Like You could be getting in fights with your kids about um, just following up and doing their chores or getting their homework done or even making new friends. They don't always have to make new friends in different communities because they can always have access to their friends on their phone. That being said, I will say that I've found a really nice positive for my older kid recently. And that is that he is going to a a more challenging school this year. And I think the expectations for his homework in the past were not super high. He could kind of put zero effort in and pass and it would be fine. And now he is FaceTiming with all of his friends at his new school around when they do their homework. And at first, I was really worried about it. But he has increased the level at which he's doing his homework, because he's getting all this positive social interaction. And he's picking up on new social norms around expectations for homework, right? So he's seeing how these other folks are doing their homework. And it's made him work harder and better. But believe me, I had to ask all of the teachers in those parent teacher conferences about if he was actually turning in his homework and was the quality better luckily it was so i guess he's going to be able to continue facetiming while he does some of his homework okay you all thank you so much for listening i actually have a document called the first phone guidebook that i wrote about four years ago it gives most of this structure um, and some extras Um, It lays it out with words, and it also gives you some scripts for some really nice conversations that you can be having with your kids about increases in responsibility and increases in expectations and increases in independence. If you are interested in that, you can find it at our new website at www.activeconnected.com. It's under the ANC Academy link, and it's under store. So I think you can buy it. I don't, we haven't even priced it yet, to be honest with you, Um, but it's going to be pretty affordable. So let us know if you have any questions. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, Thanks again.